This is Mike Dilk of Relax Back UK. This is UK Health Radio, your global real feel-good radio station. And thank you for joining me, Mike Dilk, with the Relax Back UK show. This week, pain control is a big issue for a lot of people. And here's something to help that is free. You don't need a prescription. It's legal. And also... It doesn't wear off in its effectiveness. It's sort of better than opiates in, in that sense. You don't keep needing a bigger and bigger dose. Yeah, it is swearing. Dr. Emma Byrne is an artificial intelligence expert who's had a look at this. And that actually might just show how AI, artificial intelligence, might just creep into almost everything we do in the future, even swearing. And I think that's probably a, another show. Um, on the same subject, we got lexicographer Jonathan Green and that's hard to say and what it means is he makes dictionaries so after swearing we got a chat about CBD oil with England international rugby player George Cruz he started a, a business where he supplies CBD oil myself as a as a you know as a tested athlete um, you know we get I've been tested eight or nine times this year for you know urine samples hair samples blood samples you know, so that so we've got a really stringent um, testing procedure, which I guess is is great if, you know, for the sport, um, and it's and and therefore if, you know, we want to have a product which is which we can give to to athletes. So in the media recently, there have been a lot of reports that some CBD oils contain all sorts of things that you wouldn't expect. So George takes his own product, and he can't afford to be taking something, ingesting something that he doesn't know about and we're getting banned from playing rugby. That's, you know, that's his career. That's what he does. So he takes this testing of his product extremely seriously. And we also look at what CBD oil actually does for you. Does swearing really control pain? Do worse words control pain more? What if you swear a lot anyway? Do you have to swear even worse to control the pain if you stub your toe? What about if you swear somewhere where you shouldn't or wouldn't normally? What about if you swear in church? Is the effect greater? These and other things are looked at by my next guests. And I started off by asking Dr. Emma Byrne exactly what her background was? Well, my background originally is in artificial intelligence, uh, but I moved into something called computational neuroscience, where we try to build systems models of how different parts of the brain work uh, to understand how we might be processing information. And through that, I got very interested in the subject of pain, because the avoidance of pain and the uh, the desire for pleasure is is largely what's driven our evolution, what's made us really smart. Okay. And it was through that study of pain that I got into this uh, the science of how swearing helps you tolerate pain. And in fact, you wrote a book, Swearing is Good for You. <laughs> That's right. And I didn't actually set out to write Swearing is Good for You. At the time, I assumed that the research would be a lot more nuanced, that there would be some uh, coverage of these you know, sort of obvious downsides because we spend so long telling ourselves that swearing is a terrible thing. But actually, the science in, and the research was overwhelmingly positive. There are so many benefits. OK, right, we'll, we'll come on to oh, the, yeah. some of the benefits in a moment. But first, let's just introduce the, the next guest, Jonathan. Hi. 
Hi, so you're, you're a, a, a lexiographer. Lexicographer. Dictionary. Just, just say dictionary writer. Much simpler. Digital writer. Diction, dictionary writer. Dictionary Sorry, writer. Sorry, it's, okay. it's my croaking throat. Okay, so you're you're an expert on words. Oh, an expert on slang words. I've ne- I've never ventured into the into the mainstream. I leave <laughs> that to the Oxford English Dictionary. Okay, so but essentially, you guys have found that swearing can help us with pain. That's or, right. Yeah. Yeah. So. The leader of the study, the the primary investigator, is Dr Richard Stevens of Keele. Uh, But Jonathan and I were on the panel to look at whether or not there were socially acceptable alternatives to swear words. And probably a couple of hundred were uh, were suggested, some of them very similar to existing swear words, some of them just amusing, some of them frankly surreal. Uh, And it was Neurofem that paid for this research that allowed us to spend this time, an entire day of sifting through these and coming up with a couple of socially acceptable alternatives that then because the, the, the fact the fact that swear words as we all know them kind of help with pain that's that's very much known anec- well anecdotally or already isn't it because if I'm hammering something and I whack my thumb the first thing I do generally is swear and and it helps and I'm thinking back to so my, my kids are relatively young I can remember when they were born we had NCT classes mm. and my wife and I actually practiced shouting and swearing um, in these classes to kind of help deal with the pain of, of childbirth. So kind of what's the difference between what we all know anecdotally and what you guys have done? So having this done in a lab setting where you can get rid of any potential extraneous influences, like, for example... Like having a baby. Like having a baby, for example. You know, that's a very very joyful occasion, but also, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I was very off-brand. I didn't swear at all during the birth of my daughter, but she, she was very long and thin with a narrow head, which I think is probably the secret to a, a pain-free <laughs> childbirth, is to have a skinny kid. Um, but, yeah, the good thing about doing this in the lab is you can get rid of all of those extraneous variables. So Rich Stevens' design is is ingenious uh, and elegant. You take this iced water that you check is consistently at the same temperature and you make sure that people's hands are consistently at room temperature and there's a very clever way of doing that, which is to have them put their hands in, in room temperature water because we can only really tell temperature as a as a as something that we have something to compare it to. We, we do this as a relative rather than an absolute scale. Yeah. And then you restrict them to just one neutral word one swear word and in this case one of these new socially acceptable words and see how long they can keep their hands in that iced water and you can also ask them afterwards to rate that pain and obviously this is a subjective measure but you hope through many repeats you can get a fairly good picture of how strongly uh, that pain impacted people Right, so what sort of difference did you get? So you can tolerate pain for about a third as long again, and you report it being about a third less painful if you're swearing than if you're using either a standard neutral word or, unfortunately, than if you're using one of these new made-up words. The new made-up words are no more effective than the, the control group, the control words, unfortunately, and come nowhere near the effectiveness of swearing when it comes to helping us tolerate pain. Really? That Yes, unfortunately That's, so. That is ex- Extraordinary. Yeah, I mean, it's something that neurologically we could kind of predict, but obviously you you have hypotheses and then you test them. Uh, so one of the reasons why I thought it might not be the case that we can just invent things no matter how good they sound is that swearing, we know, has a huge emotional 
impact in the brain. We right. know, for example, that so it's not just shouting. It's just not. It's not no. just the release of really screaming. Yeah, it's specific words, and those words are ones that we have uh, a taboo about. And we know this because when people, for example, have strokes that completely devastate the left side of the brain, which robs them of most of their language, many of those patients will still be able to swear as long as there's very little damage on the right. Uh, so the places that usually process uh, social cognition or emotional cognition are also highly responsible for our production of swearing. And we've seen this in various medical case studies. Uh, for example, a man who had a complete left hemispherectomy and the researchers gave him a test where you show pictures of objects and people and ask the patient to try to name them. So it's a sort of prompted uh, speech. Just rewind a bit. What yeah. happened to this bloke? So he had a left hemispherectomy. So the entire right, yeah. what does that mean? left side of the brain. So if you imagine the dividing line that runs uh, from front to back down the middle of your brain, you sort of see it looks like two halves of a walnut. Yeah. Because of a, a pre-existing illness, a, a believer, a tumour, uh, they had to take the entirety of the left side of the brain so that left him with you know, multiple problems obviously because as you know the left uh, controls the right side of the body uh, but also it houses air areas that are like brokers and vernicas which are very uh, heavily involved in our production of speech so yeah. it wasn't expected that he'd be able to be particularly articulate but they wanted to see over time if he could restore any of his language so you take a baseline you show this person shortly after their uh, the 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 operation, you show them various pictures. And these pictures would be things like a watch or a clock or a cup or a chair. And you might throw in pictures of people as well. And this case study is beautifully written up. And they talk about how they'd shown him these various things and they record in exquisite detail uh, exactly how long he struggles to say the word table before giving up. And they record which sort of sounds he makes. And then they say, uh, you know, stimulus number 17 was a picture of Ronald Reagan, at which point the patient responded with a surprisingly fluent production of swear words. But they don't tell us which swear words. They've told us, you know, how long he stutters over the letter F while trying to come up with the word watch. But they won't tell us what he said about Ronald Reagan. But it's that sort of thing that shows how differently swearing is processed in the brain and how emotionally, how well it fits with these many other parts of the brain that we use for this social and emotional cognition and for some reason that is helping us with pain but the exact mechanism as yet is is not uncovered so do you think we might be able to an individual might be able to sort of train themselves to kick off the same reaction that swearing might induce to deal with pain well, you'd need two things. First of all, you need to be younger than me. Because uh, one of the things we know from swearing research, there's a, a fantastic researcher who has spent a long time looking at, uh, she is a Turkish researcher and she looks at Turkish-American students, some of whom learnt American English before adolescence and some of whom are bilingual but learnt their language much later. And those that learnt English before adolescence have the same emotional response to English swearing as they do to Turkish swearing whereas those who learned it afterwards don't. So we know that if you're going to train yourself to think that something is a swear word, you have to do it quite early on. You have to do it probably before your mid-twenties. So you might be fine, but I'm Right. Not. Well, actually, um, I was thinking sort of cut out the middle bit, cut out the swear word and go straight to the whatever it is that swearing turns on in the brain. Well, that's the other thing. Because it needs to be something that is socially and emotionally so uh, stimulating, so... Um, the, the technical term being arousing, so not sexual arousal, but just the amount 
of energy that you're using uh, in order to do this processing. It has to be something that feels socially risky, that has a taboo. So it would ha- you would have to spend a lot of time convincing yourself that if other p- people heard you say this, that they would be shocked and horrified. Because that's the odd paradox about swearing. It's incredibly useful. We need it in our language. But we also need it to be this sort of sinister and dark side of our language. Uh, it needs to have this taboo. It needs to have this emotional resonance in our brains in order for it to be effective. And yeah. Rich Stevens has tried other studies with the kind of they're called minced oaths sometimes things like sugar um, that are you know we know what you're meant to say but you're not really saying them and they too just don't have the same impact as the real deal so what about if you're in a social environment where people swear a lot i'm just thinking maybe you've looked at military because it in the military there's a lot of swearing Uh and then if someone in the military gets hurt which let's face it is quite possible is there a whole new language that they use or does the regular swearing just not have the same effect? Well, that hasn't been studied in a military population, but I do know from uh, the research out of Kiel that just because you swear a lot in your everyday life, that doesn't actually diminish the painkilling effect of swearing. That okay. There doesn't seem to be any sort of dose effect. It doesn't wear off in its effectiveness. It's sort of better than opiates in, in that sense. You don't keep needing a bigger and bigger dose. Uh, but certainly, you know, when it comes to populations like the military or when you are watching or taking part in sports or even for myself, like I said, my background is in artificial intelligence. I've worked in very male-dominated industries. And certainly for most of my time working there, it's changing a bit now. But swearing was definitely part of the camaraderie. And it showed that, you know, you were expressing your frustrations or you're expressing your admiration even sometimes but that doing so in a way that had the slight social risk to it and you were saying, you know, I trust you that you trust me enough not to get offended by what I'm saying. Sure. And so we did some research on football fans on Twitter and found, you know, shock, surprise, they swear. Of course they do. Um, but also what we did find was that they're much more likely to swear in surprise and joy and even sympathy than they are to be aggressive. That aggressive swearing actually made up very little swearing on Twitter among football fans and the only time that we ever saw any uh, fans swearing about a player from the opposite team was a time when someone had done a particularly awful tackle and was given a red card and was out for the rest of the season deservedly and both his own team's fans and the opposing team's fans were calling him all manner of names for his uh, terrible behaviour but most of the time it's a way of expressing either excitement so F yeah um, or it's a way of expressing expressing solidarity with your fellow uh, fans about what an effing SE season you're having. Uh, and we found that you can tell, even without watching a game, the ratio between, we called it the Phi Sigma ratio to get it through publication, but the ra- ratio between the F word and the S word would tell you whether or not something good had happened or something bad had happened, because F is used for any kind of heightened emotion, whereas the S word is only used when things are going terribly okay. wrong. Okay, so <laughs> as far as controlling pain then does that mean that if you're either at church or at a football match Mm the same word has the same effect for controlling pain or or not? I got a bit lost then. That's a really interesting question. Um, So 
if you're using that, so one of the things that Rich Stevens has done is to hold the social conditions uh, constant throughout these experiments. It would be very interesting to see whether or not you could do a social manipulation. Uh, so telling people that they were in a circumstance where they couldn't swear. But I think that that's likely to be highly personal. And the reason that I say that is that if you study uh, those few patients with Tourette's who also, you know, who, whose part of their symptoms is coprolalia, uh, which is only, I think, about 25%, maybe less, of Tourette's patients actually suffer from. Uh, the Tell t- us quickly what that is. Oh, so coprolalia is the use of uh, of taboo language. Uh, right. It literally means, um, <laughs> I don't know if you can beep this or not, but it literally means uh, excrement talking. There we go. Um, and those few Tourette's uh, patients who actually suffer from coprolalia, if you tell them that they cannot swear, for some they do quite well they suppress that swearing but they report a high amount of stress for others actually just the stress in and of itself is enough to make them swear more so there is this complex cascade of reactions between the feelings of stress the feelings of inappropriateness the strength of the taboo and whether or not we're then likely to be able to uh, either deliberately produce or actually just stop ourselves from swearing. The amygdala plays a huge role in saying either stop or go to swearing. Right. So for some of us, swearing in church would, you know, even without suffering from Tourette's, could almost become a compulsion just because of how much you know you're not meant to. Okay. So I, I suppose what we've, in this brief chat, what we've discovered is that there are many variables, and actually this is pretty complicated, but looking towards the future, Is this or how is this going to help people who are in pain, some in constant pain, you know, their their life is ruined because they're in constant pain. Is this going to help them at some point? Yeah, so there are some really good studies looking at people with cancer and people with uh, arthritis and their use of strong language. And quite sadly, we found that some of this is quite gendered. So when men who have suffered from testicular cancer talk about their feelings, if they use swear words in their... There was a study that used video diaries. Those that use swear words, those that allowed themselves to express themselves fully emotionally then reported that they were dealing with their situation in a way that was much better, much more positive, they felt more optimistic than those who were trying very hard not to release those uh, emotional feelings. Whereas when you do a similar study with women with breast cancer or arthritis, they found that those women who swore more tended to feel better in and of themselves, but also to report that they started to lose their friends very rapidly. And because of our expectation that women don't swear, in, which flies in the face of the data that shows that actually we do, we swear just as much as men, um, that it, you can end up sacrificing your social support. So I mean, my advice would be if you have a friend who is going through chronic pain or a you know, life-altering illness, to be aware that their swearing is not an attempt to, to hurt you or to be aggressive uh, or to try to alienate you. This is a way of allowing them to process their feelings and to listen without judgment to that uh, is one of the kindest things that you can do. Goodness me. So I, I suppose if you are in pain, let it out. If you, <laughs> if you feel you can and you're not in church, just do it. Does it have the same effect if you're on your own? That's very interesting. I, I swear when I'm on my own yeah. if I stub my toe. So I don't believe that Richard Stevens has done this where he's left people in the room on their own. I think he's present throughout. Uh, but it, there doesn't seem to be an audience effect. You don't seem to need an audience in order for it to work. 
but the whether or not audiences tend to uh, increase or decrease the efficacy of swearing that's still an open question and I can imagine some interesting studies of that you know sort of whether or not you are told that people are listening versus not yeah. uh, and how that makes you feel and who they are yeah. if it's a load of nuns or a load of football supporters exactly so a little earlier I was doing a, an interview and I, I didn't realise that the producers uh, and and various other colleagues could, could hear what I was saying and the interviewer had asked me to use a few choice words so she could uh, inventively bleep them afterwards and I think I was much less uh, sort of hamstrung believing that I was just talking to her that I had a really good sense of who my audience was Uh, and then discovering afterwards that more people had overheard me there was that sort of almost delayed effect of slight embarrassment or shame of going oh no these people heard me swearing even though I know that that's that's what we're here to discuss today. So Uh, sorry I just cut you off a little bit but in all this chat we, we haven't brought in Jonathan very much so perhaps I just just can now we're getting towards the end but can give us any information on you you said it's the strength of swear words and the social acceptability of swear words does does that change from which part of the country you're from or what you do as a job or is is that pretty standard I I'm afraid I mean having arrive finally i i have no answer to that i deal in slang rather than jug rather rather than dialect so i cannot help one thing i one thing though as somebody who does actually suffer from quite a lot of pain eight screws in my spine whatever um i've noticed that this works the swearing which i would suggest only works with the traditional well-established taboo terms the f word being the obvious one but a sharp response in using such a word is very good with a sharp pain with chronic pain it doesn't however many times you repeat it i would suggest that it is less efficacious okay so if but i've done no research on this other than other than the privacy of my own room <laughs> yes okay so if suffering from long-term pain it might not be quite so useful doesn't well, make I'm... any difference at all right right well i've got to say this whole subject is absolutely fascinating so if, if people are listening to this and they would like to find out a little bit more presumably one way of, of doing that is uh, is reading your book dr burns swearing is good for you but in general speaking are there any websites or useful uh resources certainly having a look at dr stevens uh pages at keel university that will give you the latest details on all of the research that was done both as this uh particular study but also as that's unfolding um and is that publicly available? It is, yes. So if you go to Keel University, keel.ac.uk, and look for Dr. Richard Stevens, you will find his department there. Excellent. I will try and put a link to that on my, my website. Fantastic. Um, so I think um, the best thing to do now is just because we're running short of time. Thank you so much uh, to the, both of you for uh, just chatting about that. I, I've, I've got a feeling that we're going to come back to this topic uh, because I think it's absolutely fascinating. I find it interesting for one. So guys, thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much, Mike. Thank you. That's back UK. run by my daddy. Brilliant. I really do love doing this show. I get to talk to some fantastic people. And the next guest is no exception. George Cruz is an England international rugby player. We talk about his company, 4-5-CBD. We'll hear from him shortly. In the meantime, I have entered a competition. This show, the Relax Back UK show, 
is entered into the Janie Lee Grace 2019 Platinum Awards. And if you like the show and you want to help me to continue to do a little more, please do vote for me. And the way to do that is to go to the website janieleegrace.com slash readers hyphen votes. I'm going to spell that for you. J-A-N-E-Y-L-E-E-G-R-A-C-E dot com slash readers hyphen votes. And when you're on the website, put in the Relax Back UK show as your nomination. Right. Thank you very much indeed uh, for doing that. Relax Back UK. Daddy. There was a landmark decision in November 2018 to allow UK doctors to prescribe cannabis under very limited circumstances. And this was these were inspired by uh, cases of two patients, Billy Caldwell and Alfie Dingley. And that epilepsy got a lot better uh, using medicinal cannabis. And that was uh, with medicine that contained both THC and CBD. And we'll talk about what those stand for um, shortly. However, those medicines, I think, are still proving quite hard to get hold of. Now, research is happening in other areas, uh, other aspects that where to, to show where CBD oil um, is of use. I'm not sure if there are large scale uh, tr trials uh, with people uh, to really get to grips with it. If there are, and you know about them, please do contact me because I would love to hear from you. What there is, is there's a lot of anecdotal info and stories of how CBD oil is helping people. Now, England Rugby International George Cruz has set up a company called CBD, no, it's called 4-5-CBD, and I spoke to him about his company and CBD oil. And um, when I started, I just asked him to introduce himself. Well, thank you very much. Um, so, yes, as you said, my name's George Cruz. Uh, I'm 29. Um, sounds like a start of alcohol is anonymous. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm a, um, a rugby player. Play for Saracens RFC, sorry, in uh, in North London. Uh, also play for England. And um, I, along with my teammate at Saracens, Dom Day, have started um, 4-5 CBD. Okay, right. So I like to go out of my way to chat to people at the top of the game. So we've, I think, I think we've ascertained you're at the top here. So let me ask, four five CBD. All right, that's an interesting name. Why the name? Uh, it's just got a, a small connotation to uh, our positions on the field. So both me and Dom Day um, are positions four and five, respectively. So um, right. Yeah. So when we pack down in the in the scrum, we're four and five from above right. so you're close to each other on the pitch and hopefully close to each other in uh, in business as well yeah exactly that exactly Fantastic. that all right so what does your business do uh so we we sell um so cbd oil um it's pretty much aimed towards uh, an active and, and sport sporty person um and yeah and that, that's that's the the basics of our business okay so what CBD oil, C, so it's hard to say, CBD yeah. oil yeah. is from the cannabis plant. Yeah. Um, so does it make you high? Um, well, I think the first thing to say, it, it doesn't make you high. Um, there's 
So there's um, our, our CBD oil has been extracted from hemp, which is very low in the in THC. Uh, THC is is the is the aspect that, that gives you the the, th- the psychoactive. It, it gives I'm, you okay, the I'm going to be really mean now. I'm going to ask you to say what THC stands for. Oh, it's, oh, that is me. It's tetra <laughs> something. I, I should really know that. I've written it down. I'm going to. All right, I'm going to try and pronounce it. Tetrahydrocannabinoid oil. Yes, yes. All right. Well done. Okay. <laughs> it's quite a mouthful. And CBD stands for? Cannabinoid. Can- which is a lot easier. And that's what your yeah. product contains. So that's yeah, yeah. thankfully that's a lot easier to say. Yeah. So it's, um, it, is, it doesn't make you high. It's legal. Yeah. What, what does it do for you? Um, so we're, we're very, uh, as, a, as a food supplement company, um, we are very kind of strict and in, in, in terms of what we are and are allowed to say uh, we're not allowed to make any, make any medical claims um, but we're you know we can talk about it uh, maintaining and, and um, supporting an active lifestyle um, for us you sh- we see it as more of like a, a, a food supplement so something like your vitamin C's your, you know your, your something that you can take daily um, and it and CBD uh, reacts with your endocannabinoid system, which is your ENS system, which is within your body. Um, obviously, can, uh, CBD being a cannabinoid, um, you know, uh, is part of your your endocannabinoid system. Um, so, and what, what does that do for you? Uh, it, that system that yeah. I went try to pronounce. <laughs> it, it controls a lot, a lot of different things, really. Uh, it you know, from your nervous system to to immune to, to basically um, regulating and, and balancing your body, um, and that's that's where you kind of see CBD fitting in as a as a supplement to you know to to supplement that system as itself. Okay, and you yourself have found that useful during your playing career. Yeah, for sure. I've had um, you know a lot of a lot of highs and lows in in our sport. Um, and um, it, it's definitely helped my some of my symptoms throughout the way. Um, uh, something I, I I take it for uh, quite regularly is is to kind of um, give myself a calmness, uh, especially in the evenings, and uh, I believe that helps promote my sleep. Um, but there's lots of people taking it for a, a number of different reasons. Like I said, we we can't make medical claims, but there's lots of people, you know, taking it for a, a number of different. Uh, symptoms that that they're trying to you know okay. suppress really. right. and so presumably playing rugby you know you get whacked you, you mentioned before yeah. we started chatting that you've had was it eight operations yeah I've had eight operations uh, I've just coming over uh, the back of a an, an ankle operation on my right um, on my right ankle um, and and yeah I've, I've definitely been using it uh, in that space and um, yeah, I'm a believer, really. Yeah. Okay. Does and does does it help you recover, or just help you sleep, or when you're recovering from operations, or what do you use it for? Yeah. Look, like like I said, it's it's a it's a it's a touchy subject. Um, I use it for for some of the symptoms that I've that I need to overcome. Um, but but like I said, it's it's we just want to supply a hundred percent natural alternative to to you know to some different uh, things that are out there. Okay. So. Anecdotally, there's lots of people who say it it, um, it it works for them, does good things for them, mm. helps them sleep, helps reduce anxiety. Um, actually, is there anything else anecdotally that people say it works for? Um, pain management um, is, is quite a big one. I think a lot of our customers are um, kind of middle-aged with you know maybe sore fingers and, and joints and things like that. So that's that's when we've done questions. So, so, sounds like me, actually. <laughs> middle-aged? You're giving... <laughs> No, um, and, that, and that's when we're done questionnaires and things like that. That's what the majority of the feedbacks for. So, um, 
So yeah, it's an interesting, an interesting spread of people across different walks of life, really. Right. And I, I did look uh, online before chatting to see if well, the sort of the, the medical work that's been done, and there is work being done on it. Are you aware of any sort of uh, human trials? Yeah, the, the the big the biggest thing for us is um, anecdotally, it's you know it's it it really is fascinating to see uh, what people are saying about the product, and I think we've got a nice insight where um, you know we get messages daily from people who are you know are saying this is you know this is great and 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 you know saying what it's helped them with and things like that. That's not necessarily you know that's not uh, pr- publicly you know that's private messages and and that's where I think you can you can get the most kind of. Um, you know, backing backing from it. I, I think um, with the you know in the increase of different countries having you know legalization of cannabis as a whole. Um, you know, there's there's massive amounts of studies coming in. Obviously, CBD's um, starting to boom at the moment in terms of you know lots of different products uh, and in different countries as well. So for us, it's 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 massively exciting to see you know the, these lots of studies coming through at the moment, which will. You know, which will go a long way to back up um, a lot of the anecdotal studies and a lot of the anecdotal, um, you know, feedback at the moment. So it's an exciting time. It's something that we we properly relish. Uh, it's something that we've, you know, been looking forward to because we believe it will, you know, it will back up what a lot of people have said. But because of the laws in the last hundred years on on cannabis and 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 hemp, that you know, I think. It's incredibly hard to get medical trials on a on a banned substance, um, yes. and and that's something that is now opening up in places like Canada, um, you know, large states in in America, and with that follows you know ex- extensive research. But research takes time, so yeah. it's it's. Yeah. All right. Well, watch this space. We we yeah. will watch this space. So for for you guys, where does your CBD oil come from? So we get it from uh, Europe across across Europe in three different places. Um, and uh, we get the rules sent over in a in a kind of basically like like tubs of it, which is uh, comes over in really thick like thick thick honey. Um, uh, and yeah, we get that. Then we mix it up with MCT oil for our oils, which is coconut oil. Um, but yeah, I think the, the the nice thing is that we we know exactly where the products come from. Uh, we get it tested there. We get it tested um, as it arrives, and then we test oh. it as it leaves. So. Uh, for us, it's it's something that we're we're pretty pretty keen about knowing, kind of sea to shelf, how how it's come from. Yeah, I was keen to ask you about that because just recently, actually, there's there's been some stuff in the media about um, the the Center for Medical Cam- Cannabis. Actually, I must admit, I'm not exactly sure what that is, but anyway, the Center for <laughs> Medical Cannabis tested 30 products and have found that nearly half of them contain THCs. So yeah. in theory, that's illegal in the UK. And and then others of them actually had very small amounts of CBD oil and actually one didn't have any at all. So yeah. you 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 kind of um, make sure this is you're not in this camp, don't you? How do you do that? Um, look, from, from our point of view, I guess, um, the, we sell two types. Uh, we sell full spectrum, which has trace amounts of THC, which is up to 0.2 is, is legal within the UK. Uh, but we also sell a zero THC product, which is um, 100% zero THC. Um, but we, we we massively, um, you know, embrace uh, testing. I think there has to be a lot more around um, um, kind of regulation and, and standards. Yeah. I think at the moment it's it's not where it should be. Um, what well, is it? You don't actually have to get this stuff tested if you're selling it. Is that correct? I mean, you do. 
Yeah, there are a lot of people who won't have um, third-party lab testing on their on their websites. Yeah. Um, I think as as a as a customer, if you're a customer thinking of having it or trying it, then you know go to a website that has you know their uh, batch certificates on on their uh, on their website that are, make sure they're third-party lab tested, so from a company that's not part of their company. Um, so tell us a bit about your testing regime. How does it work? Um, so for our um, for our zero THC, which is uh, which we've got um, tested by a, a company called BSCG, which is Bands Substance Control Group, um, and we we went down that route. It cost you know, a lot of money and, and also took a fair bit of time to to go over to to America to make sure that that was uh, fully set up. Um, and we we did that because um, myself as a as a you know as a tested athlete, um, you know we get I've been tested eight or nine times this year for you know urine samples, hair samples, blood samples. You know, so that so we've got a really stringent um, testing procedure, which I guess is is great if you know for the sport, um, and it's and and therefore if you know we want to have a product which is which we can give to, to athletes, then also it's got to be you know fully tested up to the max. So I, so bottom line is, if you're taking your product and it doesn't pass the test, you'll be banned from playing rugby. Yes, exactly. So we've got a lot of <laughs> we've got a lot of you've got uh, a lot riding on this. A lot then. riding on it, and th- and that's why we've gone to. To the extra lengths of making sure that we've um, had it third-party tested um, by two different people, and then also on top of that, batch tested for over 400 bad su- banned substances, which it could be you know steroids or anything like that, which yeah. you know athletes like myself can't take. So yeah, we've um, we've put some time into it. You yeah, know? good, good. <laughs> All right, I, I I suspect the listeners will be very happy to know that. Mm. So how is your product taken? Um, it's taken in a number of different ways, but we've got um, we've got capsules, um, we've got oils, which you like a tincture. You'll drop it under your tongue, uh, leave it for sixty seconds to, to absorb, and then uh, and then and then you can swallow. And it, it, this stuff's pretty bitter. It tastes horrible, doesn't it? Um, we've we've actually got some. We've got an orange product as well. Um, oh, okay, right. But, but so you, you've tried to get over the horrible taste. Yeah, yeah. But our, our natural isn't um, as as um, as bitter as, as some, um, and and we're quite we're quite happy about that. Um, but yeah, it can it can taste for for those who who haven't uh, tasted it, it take quite quite earthy, quite whole wholesome. Um, and then our orange obviously tastes like orange. Right. Okay. And you got cre- you got creams as well. Yeah, we have got a balm which uh, you can rub on um, and, and and go from there. All right. And so is the idea that you know if you've got a bad ankle or a bad knee or something that's where you rub it on yeah but personally i think uh, you see a lot of people take the oils and the capsules for that sort of stuff i think for any for for skin irritations and bits like that um the, okay. the, the so it's more for skin irritations than the joints where you're rubbing it in is it yeah i mean people do use it for um uh for you know the joints and, and irritations like that but um personally i'd i'd prefer the oil right okay okay very good um there's a big problem, certainly in the States, and it's just starting to come into the UK with people getting addicted to some opiates that they take for, for pain and what have you. Um, because after a while, they, they stop working and then people try and you know, up the dose to try and make it work. Yeah. Is, is there any work or any knowledge about CBD oil and it's sort of, after a while, stopping to have an effect? Um, I, I guess there are two separate subjects there. That The opioid one is... Is something that is you know massively in in the in the press at the moment, um, 
and um, I guess and people get addicted. You know, yeah, yeah, it's, it's serious stuff. Yeah, that, that's that's. Uh, there's been some massive studies and massive kind of um, what do you know, documentaries into into looking into you know the addictions and things like that, which is which is very eye opening. Um, but in terms of CBD, uh, it's got a very very good safety profile, um, and that's um, you know that's something that's very well known. Um, and it's it's yeah it's not addictive because you've taken out um, you know different different aspects of it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like I said, it's got a good safety profile and it's it's something that um, is you know 100% natural. It's ours is vegan, vegetarian friendly. Um, All right, know. so you, you cover those aspects. Yeah, that's, that's good. We don't use herbicides and pesticides, so it's for us it's just off, offering uh, alternatives to, to to different things that you know is is part of I think the growing trend of people at the moment will want you know more natural products they want to know what's what's actually in their product and yeah. um i think that's that's something we're so it's not addictive are there any any side effects that are known of um people can can um uh people's feedback they feel in a calmer state um that that to me that it doesn't it doesn't make me sleepy but it puts me in a calmer state um uh but that's you know that's that's feedback uh that that we've heard um but no yeah. negative, no negative side there, of it. There's nothing negative that, that I've I've come across or right. or um, or you know we've had any feedback from so far. So it, just the taste, really, I think is, is some people's sticking yeah. point. All right. you, do your teammates use it? Yeah, we've got um, as part of our uh, BSCG uh, batch tested product, our, our zero THC. Hang on, BS BSCG. So that's the banned substance control group right. we were talking yeah. about earlier. Um, We've now got over 300, maybe 325 athletes, professional athletes using it. So that's from uh, rugby players. I think we've got yeah, 100 or so professional rugby players using it, all the way through to uh, you know yoga people, but uh, to you know Olympians are using it. Um, so it's it's something which the rugby players get a discount then. They do, yes, they do. <laughs> but so so yes, if, if if you subscribe, you also get a discount as well. So, um, but I think. Um, I think that the 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 good thing is that there's you know, there's a lot of people in uh, professional sport that are looking for you know different uh, forms of recovery, different forms of um, you know of pushing pushing the boundary of what's legal, um, and I think this just comes into a you know into a, into a food supplement regime that you yeah. know can can help help. But well, I lives. mean, rec- recovery is really important now because as as a professional rugby player, yeah, yeah. how many times a week are you playing? Yeah, exactly. You, well, we play once, and then we probably recover till Tuesday. You know, you're still sore until from Saturday to Tuesday, and then you ramp it up again. So, right. yeah, recovery is a, is a huge thing, especially if you're playing you know, thirty or thirty five games a year. It's, it can get quite on top of you. And it's all sports as well. I mean, I was just thinking of Wimbledon. You know, these guys have mm. played a number of matches in 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 two weeks, all at top level. You know, the, the body needs a bit of help. Yeah, for sure. I think it's and and that's what's something that's grown massively, especially from what I've seen in the last ten years in professional sport. Um, you know, people there's there's machines and tools and and, and supplements for for everything, uh, which is which is exciting. You know, it gets the the players back on the field quicker and in a better state. Right. So if people are listening to this and think, right, I'd like to find out a bit more, see if something like this can help me. Yeah. Um, what can they look at? Is there a website you can sort of direct people to? And also, what's what's your website? Uh, yeah, for sure. Look, um, our website is www.45cbd.co.uk. Uh, that's spelt four five. Um, and then on our on our social handles on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, 
Um, we have uh, at 45CBD, which is also spelt 45CBD. Um, yeah, and that's where you can find us. Um, that, you know, there's, there's uh, plenty of information online as well from from other sources. Um, and if you you know type in CBD, there's there's plenty of blogs and, and right. things like that. We've got a blog on our website which can which can help out any questions and, and FAQs as well. All right, excellent. All right, well, look, thank you very much indeed for chatting. It's interesting stuff. Oh, thank you very much for having me on. Thank you very much to my guests on the show this week, and they were Dr. Emma Byrne, otherwise known as the Sweary Scientist, Jonathan Green an expert on slang, and international international rugby player George Cruz talking about CBD oil. And of course, thank you to you for listening. That was Mike Dilk of Relax Back UK. Thank you for listening and please join us again next time. (laughs) 